Hey everybody, Ian here. Before we get started with the show, we at Not Another Film Podcast wanted to take a minute to check in. As I'm sure you're aware, we as a country are in the midst of an incredibly pivotal moment, fighting against rigid class and structural racism and disgusting displays of police brutality in the fight for basic human rights for black and brown communities across the country. Even though we may be a small, silly movie podcast, we also recognize that we have a platform and a voice where others don't, and we want to use that platform and voice to amplify some of the ways that we, and hopefully you, can support the contributions of black and indigenous people of color in our community. Some places that we have decided to donate, and of course some places that many other people have that you may want to check out, are the ACLU, the NAACP Defense and Educational Fund, the Black Visions Collective, the Louisville Community Bail Fund, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, the Know Your Rights Camp, For the Guarals, Black Trans Protesters Emergency Fund, any local community bail funds, really, and of course, Black Lives Matter and all of their local and community chapters. If you are like us and you happen to be in the Chicagoland area, then please, please, please check out some of these amazing Black-owned restaurants and businesses, including some of our favorites, Ethiopian Diamond, The Urban Grill, That's a Burger, Ma's Q House, Soul Vegan, Batter and Berries, Two Fish Crab Shack, The Currency Exchange Cafe, and The Amazing Semicolon Bookstore. We have links to lists and many more restaurants and businesses in the Chicagoland area in our show notes, so if you can support, feel free to check it out. Stay safe, stay vigilant, get tested for COVID-19 if you can, wear a mask, wash your dirty little hands, keep educating yourself on the racial and gendered inequalities in our country and in our entertainment, and remember, black lives matter. All black lives matter. Keep protesting, keep pushing. We love you. And now, the show. And on that note, folks, welcome to another episode of Not Another Film Podcast. This is the podcast where we take movies we used to love as kids and we re-examine them in the harsh and sobering light that creeps in through our windows in our basement apartments of 2020. <laughs> uh, I'm Ian Gears. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm also joined by Lauren Thompson. How are you? I'm great. I'm the same as I've been every other day. <laughs> and then the day before that and the day before that. And rejoined by Sarah Price from our Center Stage episode. How are you? I'm doing well. Center Stage really had like a moment last month. Is it, It's dancing. Yeah. yeah. I think that Television it was on like show? everybody's fucking stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so. a prophet speaking the truth yeah. before it's time. I think we were the cause of that, though. Yeah, genuinely. I think everyone listened to the episode and they went, oh, we have to do that extended oral history of Center Stage. <laughs> yeah, they all said, I'm having a crisis moment right now in quarantine, and the only thing that makes it better is imagining affordable loft apartments in Red Hook and uh, that you can drive riding on the stage on a motorcycle. Right into. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and men with faces that change depending on uh, what the camera angle is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that whole movie's like a gap ad. It's like a Capizio gap ad. It <laughs> is like a Capizio oh. gap ad. There were so many of those tied skirts and stuff. Yeah, I feel you. On Everything. That. Yeah. Everything. Everything. It also just makes me, because it's like the poster for center stage, it looks like if they were wearing blue plaid, it kind of also looks like an advertisement for the gap that you're about yeah. to walk into. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. where everybody's sitting in the same kind of like grungy pose yep it's one of it those doesn't like quite look like a movie <laughs> yeah no it doesn't it's like a drunk j crew r.i.p that tumblr <laughs> that was the best tumblr that ever existed but yeah it's like a drunk, drunk j crew but for dance <laughs> <laughs> well let's take drunk j crew and uh bring it into into this movie we're talking fern gully colon the last rainforest 
this was your request. This has been requested a lot. Um, and and you were the winner who got to do it. Yes. <laughs> I hope you feel I'm so special. I'm honored. I really I'm yes. feel very honored by so, that. Talk to us about what, why, why, and then talk to us about your relationship with this movie. Uh, totally kind of forgot it existed. Um, and then uh, I, I've been working with a friend on a, um, uh, my friend is doing a Disney podcast, and uh, I remembered Fern Gully existed for some reason, and I said, oh shit, like shit, and then I realized it wasn't Disney. And, um, and then I was like, yes, but I have to talk about it because I just remembered <laughs> that it's a thing. Um uh, probably overshadowed because it came out the same year as Aladdin came out, like maybe two and Rock a Doodle. So yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> and I think I saw it uh, for the first time. Um, I think my folks had gotten the DVD for me. My sister had just moved out because she's thirteen years older than me. So I was like mm-hmm. five, uh, six or so. She had just moved out. She had a TV in her room, so I would Lucky. go in there. Yes. Very lucky. So I would go in there and then watch TV with the door shut and all the lights off and uh, in like the middle of a Florida day because I'm a very pale girl and I didn't want to burn alive. Florida, um, virtual high five. Remember when quarantine was a choice? (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I I chose it often. Um, And uh, and yeah, and so I watched Fern Gully over and over and over again uh, because I was sort of a rainforest nerd kid. I was really into rainforest. Yeah, I went to a camp at my local zoo yeah. called where in the Dreher Park Zoo is Carmen San Diego. <gasps> and we got to help feed the animals and learn about the rainforest. That's a PC game I would play. Yay, and then you a went la- to zoo camp too. We went to zoo. Zoo camp was the best camp. It I'm was ma- amazing. Zoo camp and aquarium camp. Amazing. I would go back tomorrow. In a second. Yeah. And my mom won it for me on the radio. Um, there was like Whoa. one slot left and she like did animal anagrams and won it for me. And <laughs> then it changed your life. Yeah. It was mostly just a zoo camp. And then a lady in a red coat would like with a wig would like run by every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> or there were like clues in enclosures and we got to like grab the clue. It was Florida. We went inside enclosures that was pretty cool um i want yeah. that non-union acting job mm-hmm. right <laughs> just being the carmen san diego that runs around every 15 minutes i mean i remember the coolest part of aquarium camp i can't believe how often i talk about aquarium camp on this podcast it um, sounds dope was that was that we got to eat our lunch like not in the like which was all seafood yeah. <laughs> oh, <fucked up. laughs> not in the like uh cafeteria part but we got to eat it in the break room back where the people that feed the fish eat their like ate their lunch and so great. it was like it smelled like fish and like it smelled terrible in retrospect but at the time i was like this is where all the people who feed the fish eat their lunch oh my god and i was just like i felt like i was near celebrities it was great i get that i totally get yeah. that yeah yeah zookeepers because like people cool. who worked at zoos were like celebrities to me yeah absolutely I was like, that, that's the dream i think yeah, so. that's the dr- i want i want that life I mean, I think this is a good segue into this because this this movie is is Avatar before it was Avatar. It's Pocahontas before there was Pocahontas. It's all about saving the rainforest. But I never like, I never put two and two together that my that my love of the zoo would have such a like a reverse quality now in 2020, where it's like, I I equally hate the zoo for everything that it stands for in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but also love the zoo. There is like nothing I love more. Especially, like, before when I used to, like, you know, work outside. There was nothing I loved more than, like, a day off going down to, like, the Lincoln Park Zoo. It was, like, my favorite mm-hmm. thing in the world. 
Yeah. When we first started dating, I thought it, I was there was every once in a while I'd be like, "Oh, what are you up to today?" and you would say like at the zoo like enough times that I was like, "Are you telling the truth?" It's like I'm kind of stoned at the zoo walking around like listening to a podcast and just looking at animals and it's really delightful way to kill a couple hours. Yeah, and then I got to know you and I was like, "Oh, he just goes to the zoo that <laughs> often. He really loves the red pandas. Interesting." Yeah. I do like the red pandas. Yeah, yeah. they're good little animals. Yeah, I they're you fun. know Yes, I think, like, the zoo as a kid and how they pitch you the zoo as a kid is, like, this helps save animals. And then when you're yes. an adult, you're like, does it? Or is there, like, a better <laughs> way of doing this? And it, when you're an adult, they're like, this saves some animals. This saves <laughs> these animals. Um, this saves one of these animals. Yes, yeah. It's up to you to figure out which one. Welcome to zoo camp as an adult. <laughs> and it depends on your definition of save and what a quality life is. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. There's there's no more disenchanting job than growing up being like, I can't wait to work at the zoo and then actually doing it and being like, oh my God. Yeah, it's um <laughs> there and, and, and you're smaller as a kid too, and so the the enclosures look big, and then when you're an adult you're like, This is the tiniest. Like the cat house at the Lincoln Park Zoo is the saddest thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my whole life. The Lincoln Park Zoo in general is the saddest it's zoo rough. I've ever been. All of the animals seem... You've been to Joe Exotic's Zoo, <gasps> Ian. This, I have. And the Lincoln Park Zoo is is the most sad zoo you've ever been to. I did not get licked in the face by any wolves at the uh, Lincoln Park Zoo, I'll tell you that. That, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. We'll do a episode told you this? or we don't have to record it and we could just have what people call a conversation um, about what the fuck you just said. Uh, yeah, I'm super curious, but we can talk about it later. That's fine. I don't want to In 2015, I went to the GW Zoo when I was working at the Oklahoma Shakespeare Festival. Crazy. Did you meet him? Yep. He met Joe Exotic. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. He I showed have, me the pictures. I have photos of myself in like a little like pit hanging out with little liger cubs mm-hmm. so ian is what we would call uh part of the problem yes ah, i i yeah. feel terrible about it now uh and 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 i felt terrible about it about 15 minutes into being there but it was one of those things where i had so little money and was making so little money and the ticket to the zoo cost so much money that i was my cheapness overrode my moral compass and was like you need to at least get your 40 dollars worth that's capitalism baby like, <laughs> you can't just leave you know that there's some fishy shit going on here don't eat the pizza, but like you should. But as an actor, this is a week of my pay. I have to make it worth it. Yeah. Like I was like, I drove three and a half hours to get here. I kind of want to go. You're not getting patted on the back for frowning the whole time. You know what I mean? Like you've already bought the ticket. You might as well enjoy yourself because like no one's gonna no one's gonna give you mm-hmm. a medal for looking like you're not having fun. Did you eat a piece of the mystery meat pizza? No. No, no, no. The pizza wasn't available when we were there. I, I, maybe it was an off day or, or an on day, depending on how you look at the pizza situation. <laughs> yeah, it was a Joe lucky Exotics. day is what it was. Yeah. It, that just Thank God they did <laughs> We had to pass 20 Chick-fil-A's before we got to a Whataburger, so we... Great. Uh, but uh, let's let's talk Fern Gully. This, um... Finally, let's talk Fern Gully, <laughs> Let's I guess. do it! I feel I feel like I'm just gonna dig myself deeper into a hole of moral mm-hmm. questionability by talking about my my relationship to Joe Exotic Zoo. What other documentaries are you in the background of, you creep? <laughs> uh, Money Heist, not uh, a documentary, but I am the uh, sole inspiration. Uh, uh, Blackfish. <laughs> yeah, I'm the fish. Uh, <laughs> all of the the like animal mistreatment documentaries. Excellent. He's in the back of. Great. And the toys that made us. Uh, but that was a paid gig. <laughs> 
my dad may be the Zodiac killer, but that one's not coming out till next year. This uh, so this movie came out <laughs> in 1992. Uh, fun fact about this film. It was uh, based on, so Wayne Young was the producer of this movie. He's like the champion of trying to get this movie made. Uh, And his wife at the time, Diane Young, uh, not to be confused with the Vampire Weekend song, Diane Young, uh, was, uh, she wrote these short stories for children, one of which was Fern Gully. Gotcha. They were both super environmentally conscious and he had been trying to get this movie made for 15 years. Wow. Yep. And they didn't think it was possible until The Little Mermaid came out in 1989. Oh. Really? Because it reignited interest in animated films again. It was the start of the Disney Renaissance. Of course. Sure, sure, sure. So after that, they were able to get this movie made by a production company called FIA, I believe. FIA. This is back when other companies like thought that they had a chance against Disney. Yeah, Yeah. before they were just completely crushed. When you said that it that it it couldn't get made until Little Mermaid got made, I thought you meant like uh, because everyone was like excited about the environment again after Little Mermaid, and I was like, I'm pretty (laughs) sure we pitched like throwing things in the ocean as like mermaids will learn, will find them and have fun with them. I was like, I don't think. Yeah, they saw a movie that was 100% pro pollution. (laughs) Right. But that makes sense. They're like, no animated films not the planet sure they thought gauntlet thrown yeah. into the ocean as it were and time for me to throw and my left there down. and yeah great great and okay. now you'll learn how to tend for your hands <laughs> uh so this is this movie comes out in 1992 uh against as we said rock-a-doodle-doo which was the uh, the spring Disney uh, Disney offering because they realized that later on in 92, there was going to be a little movie coming out called Aladdin that they did not want to compete with. Yeah. Mm. Checks uh, out. Smart move. Yeah. Smart move on their part. Very, Very smart. smart. Uh, and unfortunately, the movie studio that made this movie only made two movies, uh, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, and Fern Gully 2, The Big Rescue in ah. 1998. And then was bought by another company and then completely went bankrupt. Oh, no. Yikes. So, uh, short-lived history and this is the entire legacy. We'll get to whether it's a good legacy momentarily. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. They, yeah, they but, offer a lot up. Uh, Lauren, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Uh, I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. I had a realization halfway through this movie that I don't think I've ever seen this movie outside of a school classroom. Because I think I exclusively sure. watched this movie uh, during, like... Health? Science classes. And, like, <laughs> it feels like... Th- I feel like for at least a year of my life, this was, like, the only movie they put on when we had a substitute teacher. Sure. <laughs> In school. Like, I, I cannot... I'm, I racked my brain to remember a moment in my life where I'd seen any part of this movie... There was not. I think I also may have watched it at zoo camp. I'm not gonna lie to you. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's out. just because of the conversation we had, but I think we did probably watch Fern Gully at some point. Did you? Um, did you so watch it was that? Always... Did you watch that video that had the like the tropical rainforest, the tropical rainforest? We watched that a nope. lot at zoo camp. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. There was also, correct me if I'm wrong, on the VHS of this movie, wasn't there like a little rainforest documentary, like a five minute documentary thing that happened before the movie as well? Possibly? I don't remember. Do you remember it? I feel like there was, because I remember like this movie used to have, because the movie's 74 minutes long. I I just remember always seeing this movie in an educational setting. Yeah. You had to like behave and pay attention. 
Yeah, and so I don't know, like, I, I have a memory of that, but I don't know if it's because this movie was paired with another documentary, like, if for, sure. like, because this movie also may have been marketed, like, to schools, like, with the documentary, there's, oh, that's, there's always that possibility that that was, that. like, a marketing push that they did, because I do remember watching, like, Save the Rainforest videos and this, like, as, they... like, a week of class. Yeah. Sure. Were that you? makes sense because they're like, we're going to show you a movie about saving the rainforest where the rainforest gets saved. Then we're going to have to show you a documentary about how the ending of this movie is completely not realistic and uh, the rainforest typically doesn't get saved. You know right. what? And he still needs movie, your help. You went, we yeah. did it. Uh, you know, like, the, the other movie, we're like, we did it. We saved the rainforest. Uh, psych, you still have to do that, kids. Yes. Uh, you know how it says for our kids? You're the kids. We didn't do it for you. So maybe you do it for your kids? Yeah. And now we're like, oh, shit. No, we didn't do it. So, like, our kids, maybe? I feel like the actual, like, effective version of this movie, if they wanted to, like, re-release it in 2021, is just to edit out, like, sections of like animated trees getting ripped up and stuff like that in like the last 20 minutes and replace it with actual footage of deforestation Woof, <laughs> just yeah. in the middle of this movie and i think it would be way more effective yeah. uh and cause the same amount of nightmares because this movie used to give me fucking nightmares it's as a child. one of the most unsettling villains i've ever seen animated and and acted it's, it's a dis it is uh, my note is that it is a wretched character <laughs> yeah in vocal performance in animation in everything yeah a wretched character it's but like keeping it 100 you know what i mean like and as in like they covered all the bases in the most upsetting ways like it's the best yep. villain in that it's like one of the worst ones i can imagine at every moment but Yes, yeah. like it's like I don't want to be in a room with this person. No, ever. No, 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 no. Uh, well, it's not a person either. So it's we get the person. we get the uh, intro to this as um, very Lord of the Rings esque with like a nice little opening narration mm -hmm. about how in uh, in the beginning of time there were these little sprites and fairies and they lived in harmony with humans and then you know humans fucked it up when there was a a, a demon right. Like yeah? A, Question mark? The, yeah, some, some evil forest spirit? The demon of, of, of destruction known as Hexus. I think it's probably just like the Industrial Revolution <clears throat> really just like fucked the world up. Yeah, they yeah. took every evil sounding letter and they put it together into the name Hexus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Hexus uh, pretty much scared the humans because we ain't shit. We, we ran away from the problem. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yeah, it, it, he creeped us out. Um, he also probably saw into our darkest nature, which we can yeah. talk about later when he sings about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were like, oops, we're going to, this is, this is a power we can't control. So we're going to dip. Yeah. And, uh, and then the fairies, one fairy in particular, old lady fairy, uh, what is her name? Grandmother I can't fairy. remember her name. Um, Magi or Magi. 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 Magi? No, it's a it's like halfway between Magi and Maggie. It's just Maggie. <laughs> yeah, I think you're a right. A lot of people have in between names in this movie. Madge, put the demon in a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah Madge, put the demon in a tree, and Madge. um, and then we decided we wouldn't uh, uh protect that tree or safeguard it. We just left it, and then the fairies live in another part of the rainforest and are not yeah. paying attention to what that tree's doing at all. Yeah. As yeah. humans do, we just said, um, someone else will deal with it. Mm -hmm. Let's leave it in the corner. Mm -hmm. And uh, We built an opera house. Welcome. This movie takes place in Australia. <laughs> 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 um, so, hey. yeah. So, Hexus gets trapped in a tree. We get this, uh, the introduction to Fern Gully, which is like this 
beautiful utopia for, you know, spirits and sprites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, my favorite thing is that there there's, like, a whole little, like, motorcycle gang of fairies yeah. that ride on the back of beetles yeah. that are voiced by, like, Cheech and Chong. Yeah. And one of them has five o'clock shadow. And no other fairy... Well, I guess, like, the dad's got, like, a big old... A great big bushy beard. He does, yeah. But we... I don't know, do they... I'm just so confused as to the anatomy of these fairies because they look humanoid, they sound humanoid, they act humanoid. And I guess they grow hair the same way that we do. They understand English. I mean, I wish I grew hair like our main girl. Um, Mm Because that, like, voluminous half mullet is, like, so good it's just so such good. a difficult line to walk like such a difficult hairstyle does anybody Truly. else think she looks a little bit like courtney cox in like the first couple like the first season of friends which i, I have not seen see but i've seen pictures of like really pale dark hair big eyes she, yeah. yeah i guess she that. looks like courtney cox in the can't start a fire music video <laughs> yes she does yeah with, <laughs> with higher booty shorts um but yeah, yeah, that's... that's this is a loincloth, like. Sarah. You're right. <laughs> I just like, because they are so humanoid, uh, but no shoes, which is cool. Um, that's the defining characteristics. <laughs> Wings, no shoes, gotta be a fairy. Also, can... And yeah, uh, ears, like uh, elf ears. Yeah. And yep. then, can they be seen always? Can they not? That logic is really... It's confusing. It's Tinkerbell rules, right? Like, right. So we just, we, I just showed Lauren Hook for the first time because she had never seen it. And there's a running theme in Hook where a fairy wants to fuck a human. Did not care uh, for that. Did not care for that's it. That's fair. Yeah. Didn't care. Didn't and care she's it. pretty much, mo- like, this character is kind of also modeled a lot after Julia about. Roberts in mm-hmm. Hook. Oh, yes. Yeah. Same haircut and everything. Yeah. With a little bit of, like, the, it's like a tunic that's made from, like, an old napkin or something. Yeah. Yeah, Watching Hook, I was like, yeah, I guess they really are testing the, like, oh, she would even look good in a, like, bag. And I was like, yeah, because she does. She is in a literal, like, bag. Burlap sack. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks great. And there are a whole sect of people that want to fuck Tinkerbell because of that. I guess. And now I had to become aware of that. So thanks, Ian, I guess. Well, it just makes me concerned about, not concerned, but, I, you know, we see this happen all the time. Even with our Disney movies, you can fill us in with the, because you're working on a Disney podcast right now. Thank you. But there's a, we, we've got to make our lead characters in these Disney movies sexy. Like, in, in these animated movies, they all of them have some sort of sex appeal. Yeah. You're trying to tell me they did not want guys to fantasize about Jasmine from Aladdin? Get no, they absolutely did. So, I, I don't know. I, like, there's got to be a sex appeal to these it's cartoon a, it's characters. A, it's like a whole sexy baby doll thing where, like, they have to walk that line of, like, girls have to be like, oh, my God, she's a role model. But then guys have to be like, oh, my God. this. I've got to kind of want to fuck this fairy. Well, like, yeah, booty, it's, you know? it's a very fine line. Also, like, the guy that's attracted to her or likes her. You know, all right, so, all right, we meet uh, the, we gotta, like. We got to break apart this relationship. Yeah, Christian Slater, what's going on with him? What's going on? What well, I yeah, mean, what's so going on with Christian Slater theory. outside of the movie? What's like? Is this okay? is what I imagine? A car- you know how Carrot Top's gotten weirdly buff in the last few years? I think he saw this movie and thought, I bet I could be Pip from Fern Gully in my in my fifties and sixties if I get weirdly ripped. That looks exactly like it. Yeah, accurate, accurate. Yeah. And she like doesn't pick up on that he is sweet on her or dismisses it for some reason. I kind of thought reason. they were together. Like, they almost kissed in, like, the first scene that they're in together. They they read to me as, like, they're together. Lauren, 
Yeah, I can't believe how you didn't see this. Fairies do not uh, <laughs> adhere to monogamous relationships. Oh, they is that are, sorry. Yeah, yeah is that it, oh, wow, I can't believe I missed that briefing. That well, 92 polyamory that's just assumed of fairy relationships. It was so, yeah. They're just so progressive in every way. Wow, I, I, never, I, did, I completely missed that. How dare I? <laughs> you obviously didn't read their pamphlet that came out about their new sexual orientation, right. Swingers I, I sh- and Stingers. It's yeah, about no, the, uh, the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known from Avatar because it has that entire book about that describes like every single creature and plant and gives it a, gives it a scientific name. I should have known there would be reading materials ahead of time. What's bizarre is in that Avatar book, movie. every single creature on Pandora identifies as heterosexual. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> it's what? wild. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, baby. Hollywood, baby. No one's gay. I mean, true, but. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for Ryan Murphy produces Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and hints at a queer relationship, and then we never talk about it ever again. Between yep. Between two background characters you don't know the names of. Yeah. But loves telling you how progressive they are. <laughs> We're going to have 80 articles and one second of screen time. Great. Yeah, I'm How excited. am I not writing for Screen Crush? This is something. <laughs> I'm excited for the Wayne Young tweet in 10 years. It was like, by the way, Pip was queer. <laughs> um, I can't wait. He he and one of the biker dudes definitely together after this movie. I get yeah. it. The one with the shadow is a cutie. I like a little yeah. Yeah, What are their names like? Shadow. Grunt and Runt or something. It's like I gotta find out if there's Fern Gully fanfic. I guarantee you. Oh, 100. percent They were very thirsty you. fairies. <laughs> I feel like only behind Simpsons shit is there Fern Gully porn. Like there's like just weird, sure. weird animated Fern Gully porn. Mm. So they, Krista, they, they go through, uh, there are so many songs in this movie. There's a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the first one is about how, like, you know, the, the things come to life and everything. It's like Ferngully's Dope, the song. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's, like, part one. There's three Ferngully's Dope songs. Like, yeah. And then Krista, our main character, um, much like Nemo on the first day of school, flies above the canopy and sees smoke. Like, breaks the one rule they have. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and uh, I guess birds can see fairies and think they're bugs, I guess. Yeah, great. because they're small. Right. Yeah. Or, okay, or is it this? Or does every animal see fairies as a version of themselves? Because what? the human sees them as a humanoid. Does Batty see them as, like, almost Batty? Because no. he only really comments on the bat, or on, no. on Zach, on the human being a human. He no. never says anything about how weird the fairies look. No, I think they kind of, just to everyone else, look like lightning bugs. He says, yes. what a strange little bug. Yeah, they look like lightning bugs. Yeah, but he's not a bug. So he'd be he'd be no, like, right. what a strange yeah. little bat if... I mean, I love the reach, but there's nothing there, I don't think. There's there's no... You have no evidence. Batty's also... Uh, he's not a reliable narrator. He's <laughs> not, but he's my Batty's favorite. Not. Oh, he's <laughs> the <laughs> best. He's the reason to watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. Unless you want to get turned on by petroleum jelly. <laughs> oh, is... man. Which, like, you know, we're all in a mood sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So... Quarantine is weird, okay? <laughs> Krista flies up, sees the smoke, and is like... Madge, I see some smoke. You gotta go tell... We gotta tell everybody what's going on. And Madge is like, I told you never to go outside of this circle. You are not allowed to see the rest of the world. Yeah, Yeah. and then Madge is like, I'm gone. I'll be back at the climax of this movie to die. Bye. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk later. I'm gonna go stay and make more of my uh, hand paintings uh, about our history in this. So Madge is like, "Don't, don't worry. Don't look at the smoke. I'm gonna keep you in blissful ignorance. And then she's like, all right, guys, guess what? Smoke's here. This is bad. 
these humans are coming. Yeah. That so Krista is young and naive and is like an apprentice to Madge. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think she has the power, is learning the power. I don't know whether it's airbend like like a we've been watching a lot of Avatar. So I don't know whether it's like everyone is capable uh, like at this point in the movie. I don't know if everyone's capable of it or whether she is just like, oh, like she has water bending, she has seed growing, whatever, and then she's cultivating this power. Because yeah. Madge seems to be the one that's doing it all the time and then she's learning from Madge, but then I think later like everyone can do it. I don't know. She's definitely, like, the chosen one in some sense. Yes. Yeah. We just never get what exactly this sense is, because she seems to be... The movie almost presents it as, like, she's the one younger person that's interested in the older generation stories. Like, But I also sure, think it's yeah. possible that Krista is, like... like it's like a royalty thing. Like she may actually be like magic, mag, mage, mag, mag? Um, magical. Mag, mag, is it? What's what's her name? Mag? Mag- Magi. She's like Madge's yeah. like granddaughter Magi. or something, and she's like heir to that power. Okay. Or yeah, that checks like, out. Yeah, that she's in some way like the heir to the power, like that that is this kind of like the religion slash magic of at the center of Fern Gully. And Pip, who is her muscular redheaded guy pal, he's the Cocoaum. Like, he, that's who he is. Yes, he, yeah. yeah. Like, the... And whatever the character is in Avatar, that's also the Cocoaum of, of that movie. Exactly, yeah. He's yeah. the local flavor that she's not interested in, because she mm-hmm. just needs her a white boy for yes. no reason. Yeah, but a white boy that is a uh, darker shade than everyone else in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he's been cutting down trees for, like, a whole summer, so... Yeah, he's <laughs> a, a bodacious babe. Uh, <laughs> 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 um... And then inexplicably, out of nowhere, crashing through the trees, comes this bat. Oh, <laughs> it's the best. And this bat has been... Uh, an Fucked e- up. This bat's been an experiment. Uh, Sarah, do you want to talk about Batty's story that he tells? I would the love The web to. he weaves? Yeah, he's been... He, he sings a whole story about human-animal testing. <laughs> <laughs> which is dark um and super is like dark a, it's like a nice introduction to she's like humans and he's like no 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 humans are the worst know. thing in the whole fucking planet he still has a bolt in his head with two little live wires sticking out of it and that when points you... seem to be the only thing keeping him alive truly i like i don't I, or can you take it out and that's fine because every time you touch it he changes like frequencies on the human spectrum like a radio almost he's like picking up human signals on those maybe like radio antenna or something do you do you remember uh in the late 90s early 2000s there was an animated show that used to come on exclusively at dentist's office called brace face where it was about a girl with braces who could pick up radio frequencies Hilarious. I do not remember this whatsoever. Me neither. I have no no idea. Oh man. It, it was the same idea. She she wore braces. She was super embarrassed by them because whenever somebody like turned on a radio or anything, it would come out of her mouth. She could like pick it would pick up radio frequencies. I It was just like it was like a nice told by Ginger silly thing, but Yeah. That's exactly what Batty is. Yeah. Batty yeah. is essentially a police scanner that they do not use to any advantage aside from comic relief. See, but I also get the feeling that it's like AM and FM. It's like AM waves. 
because he's only picking up a prairie home companion absolutely like it feels very far away it's not like he can tune into like nearby it seems they just flick up which they they do very cavalierly of just flicking the wires anytime they want him to like change the subject or shut up which feels not okay to me um but incredibly useful but incredibly useful because he does just pivot and not remember that you did it at all so that's like yep. sort of helpful also voiced by the genius robin williams yep. in his first ever vocal performance and yeah. then six months later he's the genius crushing Aladdin. it yeah doing the exact same role uh, this movie was a lot of firsts so it was, this movie was uh robin williams first uh vocal performance in a movie it was also the first time Elton John had written a song for an animated movie. He writes right. the song he at the end. He writes the song at the end, yes. And, and it was the, a jam. And yeah. the first time Alan Silvestri did a score for an animated film. Oh. What else did Alan Silvestri do? He did, he did like, Back to the Future. He does the Avengers movies now. He like, did the Polar he, Express Polar, movie. Yeah, he's, like, Robert Zemeckis' go-to guy. Nice. But, I mean, he's crushing it, crushing it. Great. Um... So, so Batty, yeah, one of the other things that happens during Batty's song, because he, he can change frequencies and pivot at like, you know, moment's notice, the, the brilliant way that Robin Williams can, because he's just a goddamn genius, is that he will take on whole characters for a, a line or half a line, the way Robin Williams exhibits as the genie. And a couple of these characters are like... Like, he puts, like, lipstick on himself and tries to seduce a fairy in one line. Mm-hmm. Then he turns into, like, a Dracula bat in another line. Yeah. Um, he, uh, like, it's just, he's bouncing back and forth. And for a second, it, it almost feels kind of like they've never seen a bat before. Because they're so taken aback by, like, how forward this bat is but i mean yeah. he's not like other bats i think that's <laughs> he's what a cool it is bat. <laughs> yeah i think he took off his glasses and all of a sudden he's the hot bat and they were like yeah. what is his deal um <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. he, when his hair's not in a ponytail he's just <laughs> he's actually pretty crazy yeah um. but i do think no one picked up on his message i think he was just they were like focused on the medium not paying attention to the fact that he's like humans are terrible don't trust humans they're the worst thing on the planet yeah, and he doesn't, like, have an arc where he, like, learns to trust a human by the end. Like, they kind of half-ass do it, but really, at the end, he's pretty much in the same place he was in the beginning, where he's, like, still pretty fucked up. Well, the only way he I works... I definitely have PTSD now. The yeah. only reason he even works with Zack at all in this movie is when Zack fucks with his wires and makes him not realize he's working with him. Exactly. Yep. But uh, yep. but Krista does the same thing, when he's like, don't go, and she's like, I'm gonna, all right, shh and then just sure. plays with the wire and yeah off they go well she probably knows that for his own safety he can't be out there by himself at this point he unfortunately needs he needs people Full-time to help care. him out yeah. yeah yeah he just got out and they're like what if we went and what if you take me to humans again what yeah, what no no not appropriate at all no. completely insensitive you need to give this guy like three seconds like come on yeah yeah jeez he's di- like this the, a great example of uh animated character with um, a slightly comedic form of PTSD. So, you, <laughs> um, but I was shocked at how like at how intense this song is. It's he talks really about being intense. electrified, lobotomized, like roasted, poached, everything. It's pretty upsetting. <laughs> it's really upsetting. And also, like, did he just get tossed from lab to lab? And they were like, "Yeah, what do you need to do? Great. When you're done, take him over to the like L'Oreal." Lab. That doesn't yeah. seem gonna... like good science. No, 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 it didn't. 
That's, that's not, I that's think not that's, good science. You can't use them for multiple experiments. That's just like muddying your data. He's being passed from lab to lab like Tim Robbins and Shawshank. They, it is they awful. They didn't actually have more than one bat. They just had one bat that they used for the same experiment and then called it the same thing. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. He, was, we tested he was the 50. constant. Yeah, we tested this <laughs> one bat on 50, 50 bats. Okay, it actually one is just bat one bat 50, 50 times. times. <laughs> 49 out of 50 bats agreed. This is the best lipstick you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> and on the 50th time, he was just like, no! Yeah. <laughs> that's the one bat. It's actually the same bat as the other 49. Yeah, that's when Big L'Oreal got wise, and they were like, I'm pretty sure I've worked on this bat before. <laughs> <laughs> the bat knows how to put on lipstick. He did it for me. Um... Yeah. For some reason, when I tried to put the lipstick on, he started talking about buying a Jeep Wrangler, and... Uh... <laughs> um... He does have some line where he describes humans as like, no, 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 that's not humans. Humans are, have a nice weekend, Karen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> something, and like, I was like, fuck you. That's, yep, that's us. It was a great line. It was a really good line. He's like, humans wear bad shorts and run around screaming, hi, Helen. Like, <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> um, we, then we get introduced to essentially the, uh, we get, get smash cut to the humans mm-hmm. who are tearing down this forest because Krista sees all of these X's on trees, has no idea what it means. Spoiler alert, not good, Krista. No. And uh, what it means is these trees are marked for deforestation, kids. And that means that a large nightmarish uh, vehicle called the Leveler is going to chop down the trees and feed them to himself like Angelica in that episode of the Rugrats where she turns into a giant uh, marshmallow human. Yeah. And just like shoveling trees into its fat mechanical gullet. Mm-hmm. And the two people helming this are, uh, it's it's your standard bad guys. It's a tall, thin man and a fat, short man. And the fat, short man. They're not even bad guys. They're just idiots. They're dumb humans. That's the thing. Like humans aren't bad in this movie. Which is weird. That is weird. Yeah, Yeah. they're just stupid. And there's like an evil force that feeds on their greed and stupidity. You're not bad. bad. It's just like the manifestation of pollution and capitalism is the thing that's making you bad. Yes. Interesting. Right. Like Hmm. Hexus is represented by oil is actually money. Like, (laughs) I'm like, we're slaves to money. We do what money tells us because we're stupid and, uh, and and money matters or we're told that it does. And, you know, it actually... I took that class in college, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It feels very, like, freshman. <laughs> money matters. <laughs> money matters. Um, but Welcome also to Biz of the Biz. It controls us and everything yeah. we do. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... We're, we're just acting out of blind followism. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite thing about these two uh, characters that are operating the machine is the fat one. Uh, the first time you're introduced to him has a cup of coffee and a donut, and then every time you see him afterwards, he has a different snack. Great. And at one point, he has a big piece of cake, which <laughs> to me suggests that there is a whole cake somewhere on this sure. vessel. Yeah. Someone brought cake. To <laughs> like, also, do they like? Are they on? They're just like out, right? Like they're just they're out just in out. the Australian. They live there. here? Question mark. I assume because at one point they they don't seem to be that bothered. I also don't think they have anything to do. Like here's the thing. I I kind of feel like all of the humans that we get to meet in this movie are, are like 
transplanted here to do a job because like Zach gets turned into a fairy and seems to be in no rush to be turned back into a human. It's like, oh, I don't really know anybody or have family or friends or anything. So it doesn't, I don't know anybody here. And these two dudes seem stoked to work overtime when Hexus is like, you guys are going to have to work through the night. Money, baby. So why don't they, like, they don't seem to have anything to want to go back to. Yeah, they're yes. just working for the money. They're yeah. Sure, yeah, they're working for the weekend that never comes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I don't and know. And they're definitely Australian because we see uh, Zach's ID at one point. Yeah. And, it, and it says, like, he says he lives. Yeah, he says P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, oh, Sydney. Great. There's some uh, sort of confirmation that together. he is supposed to be Australian despite the fact that he has no accent. He's no. blonde. Yeah. He's blonde. That's he's it. Blonde. Uh, Looks like kid, he surfs. Kids cannot understand accents, so no. Well, the movie does seem to be also pretty cavalier about who can speak and who can't. Like, the fairies can speak, Batty can speak, Tone Lock plays an iguana that has a whole song, mm-hmm. a character named the Guana, if you stay mm-hmm. for the credits. The yep. But then, like, there are a bunch there of, like, like, deer, deer and kangaroo. kangaroos and squirrels who can't say shit. Maybe they just don't want to, Ian. Yeah, there we Maybe go. Maybe they're shy. Maybe they're All right, like, podcaster, not everything is about talking all the time. Yeah. So... <laughs> There are other forms of communication, and maybe they're just like, not for me. If they can't give me five stars, then they do not count. <laughs> also, just because, This like, is why I've boycotted zoos for the last two months that I've been in quarantine. Also, just because they're not speaking in English doesn't mean that they're not communicating. Okay? Oh, not everyone yeah. speaks English, Ian, and not everyone has to. Open you know your worldview. I have been told... <laughs> great good i think maybe, this is the best maybe, episode of wtf i've ever maybe heard <laughs> you should learn kangaroo ian yeah should i do should is. i learn kangaroo before or after i take up transcendental meditation <laughs> this is... at the same time simultaneous Ooh. yeah why not both ian it's quarantine what else are you doing so when the when the humans are cutting down trees they cut open this big bulbous tree that mm-hmm. contains Hexus, that Maggie uh, confined Hexus to back in the days. Um, and Hexus breaks out in the form of a blob of, like, oil, slime, jelly, something. He's like yeah. evil flubber. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. But, like, can convert to smoke if he wants. Yeah. It's, yeah, Change a lot forms. going on. Yeah. He's... He can gain a skeleton at one point. How would you describe tim curry's vocal performance in this movie sarah um deeply sexual uh that's how i would describe it no he's like he he's like living in all of the like moist consonants and yeah and he keeps like the voice kind of like low and holds things out he likes to hiss it's all that could you do an impression what could you do an impression absolutely not um, I, I, I respect sounds, that man too much to yeah. butcher the beautiful work that he is doing in this in this thing. No, it's just if like... If you go on our Patreon, Sarah does this whole episode in <laughs> Tim Curry's voice. Um, yeah, and if you go on my fans-only page, then I dressed up as him. And, um, <laughs> I rubbed myself with gravy. And, we were uh, talking about petroleum <laughs> jelly. Um, so, you know, like, he... he <laughs> what's so bizarre about this is... Yeah, the there is like some kind of all of the villains in this movie have some kind of sexual nature to them, <laughs> which is confusing. Yeah, because it like demonizes sexuality in a weird way that like someone who like 
uses it only as using it to eat or kill you. There's, <laughs> it's like a lot of messaging. Very predatory sexuality in this movie. But yes. Aren't they though? <laughs> yeah, also, like, but it also works because like money is sexy. It's I true. Mean, I saw Wolf of Wall Street. I, right. Didn't we all? It's like, all lust. It's all greed. It's all the same thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 He's doing because an also, excellent job. He's perfect It is for it. very so interesting good. that it is such a sexual villain when like the climax of this movie is um is like basically one giant form of asexual reproduction oh, I it's like that. really it like really because it's a very like good like asexual good sexual bad like it's it's yeah. a very chaste romance and then at the end of it it's like she has the seed and she creates the life it's basically just like you don't need anything else you just need to like love the world and you can create life and, yeah like, Wow. But, like, I, it's very, mm-hmm. like, mother-centric, like, it, in a very interesting, like... She, I like she's, that. She's, I like, like it the, a lot, it's, actually. It's, like a, it's kind of like Queen Bee situation where, like, she is given the, like, spark of life. And then when they create that tree at the end, you see all of the lights kind of, like, come out of the, the tree. And it's, like, she's created, a, like, a new generation of fairies, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what I took out of that. No, it's, yeah, so it's just, like, a general... Out. It's, like, a... It's, so it's genuinely just, like, a the dudes don't matter. It is all about, like, this one female matriarch that is creating life through like love of the world and she does have this thing of like she doesn't follow like there are things about this narrative that i do like from a feminist perspective in that like she doesn't follow zach Mm -hmm. um like back into being like she doesn't she doesn't little mermaid it where she's like i want to stop being a fairy and just follow you for the rest of my fucking life um (laughs) she's like she's like yeah i have work here to do so go live your life i'll always be here and um try to like fix shit out there for me would you yeah thanks i have magic and this whole tree i have to tend now for forever like yeah i I don't (laughs) hate that but there is something a little weird about like yeah, the overtly sexual is bad, but chaste and actual no touching creates life. Yeah, there's a weird Catholic thing. Well, yeah, because it's like right after Zach gets turned into a fairy because, spoiler alert, Krista's shit at magic for the first hour of this 70-minute movie. Also, I uh, do- it's terrible that you can just stutter and what, what you stuttered happened. Like uh, Diagonelli? What are you talking about? That's how Harry got to Nocturne, baby. All right. You were ready for that. You come on this podcast, you get ready. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. But after after he gets started. I was about to talk about the magic system in Aragon, but like, fuck me, I guess. Never read it. We got no Aragon fans out there. I just imagine one lone fan that's just like listening in their headphones, like are on their headphones in their apartment by themselves, just going like, "Yeah!" Like, it's actually just Christopher Paolini who wrote it when he was fifteen. Like, "Yeah, thank you. Someone realized my genius." Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Kid became yeah. the poster child for reading in schools everywhere. You Fucking could him. write a novel that's a ripoff of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings if you just applied yourself. <laughs> Bitch, we all wrote fan fiction. Come on. I only masturbated to it. I didn't contribute to this. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I didn't realize you were going to pull out my high school yearbook quote. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. So, <laughs> Zach gets, yeah, Zach gets turned into a, into a, we, yeah. a fairy-sized person Great. through, um, through a, a, a fuck-up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because he's trying to kill her. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he, pulls he out only sees knife. like a lightning bug or something, right? He like she's like flying around his head. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Yeah, it was just a really dumb move on his part. Like, oh, we're in the middle of a jungle, and like, oh, I see a random animal. I'm gonna go fucking stumble on in there to kill it. Like, bitch, you don't know what's out there. Right, I and also like, like the- using spray paint as a weapon, which like, I'm no. like, that seems like the worst way to go. Is just he get also poisoned. gets shrunk. Yeah, and then like immediately pulls out a knife again and goes to stab someone. Like, go. He sees. No, she pulls out the knife when really? he's knocked out. Okay, yeah. well, he has a. I just remember at one point he has a knife, and like. He literally runs at a a him-sized bat shows up like a human-sized bat. He just just like all right, guess I gotta run at it with a knife. Like there's. What's crazier about that scene? But what's crazier about that scene is he's more alarmed that there's a bat his size than he is that the bat can talk and that he can understand the bat because we got no lines about how they can understand each other. It's a lot. Okay, that checks out. Yeah, it's a lot. That seems like a hole. Which goes to, like, there's uh, th- part of the vocal performance and quality of this that I, I find kind of charming, if not, like, occasionally frustrating, is, like, it's all animated where, like, the actions of the characters seem to be, like, half a beat behind the lines they're saying. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, come yes. on, Sarah, why do you, like, you know, and it's like, they shrug their shoulders when the line is done or something like that. Like, it all kind of feels a little, like, off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it takes its time in ways that uh, modern movies don't where it's like a lot of like a lot of action and then stillness and then a lot of action and then a lot of stillness yeah. i feel like everyone moves a little bit like molasses the whole time yeah um yeah and i think that's like indicative of like i sort of the genre uh it's also like that the... time period i guess yeah it was also one of the first times that computer animation had been used in a movie there's actually a lot of computer animation in this movie oh wow um it Which did really well. I didn't notice. Part of the reason yeah. why this whole studio went bankrupt. But, um, guys. Yeah, I know. It's a real life of pie situation. But, yeah, so the, I think there's something like 4,000 stills of this movie were computer generated or something like that. Pretty yeah. much everything that wasn't like a character, it was, if it was just landscape, it was like mostly done on the computer. Um, which is pretty impressive. And I actually think like a lot of the, uh, the colors especially like it's a beautiful movie it, it looks really good it's gorgeous and i think the like montaging that they do during the songs and like the choreography of like the various animals and stuff like i i i remember most of it i did not take nearly enough notes because i was also just like watching it again for the first time and i was like oh yeah Same. like it was it's kind of magical and beautiful I completely agree. I, yeah. I definitely think like there are moments of this movie that you you do kind of get caught up in. If you it's again, it's like if you don't think too hard about what's happening, you kind of get swept up in like this is kind of pretty music and these visuals are cool and it's it's also a little trippy and a little surreal. Yeah. Um, especially the scene uh, where Zach and Krista are getting so close to each other that they, essentially the scene in Avatar where those two characters fuck. Yeah. And they like kind of. Trip the light, fantastic into like a little like. That's the scene that I blue remember grotto. The most. <laughs> uh, that's the most vivid memory I have of this movie. Of is, is them like, j- like jumping over like little light pools basically, mm-hmm. and like lighting them up. And I thought for a long time I was watched Avatar. I was like, I guess that's what I remember that from. And then I watched this and I was like, oh no, it's Avatar stole that from this, and that's what I was remembering the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. And the like reflection of the stars in mm-hmm. all of the like that animation is fucking gorgeous yeah. yeah and holds up really really well it does yeah. and, doesn't and all it? Of yeah. the animation of like all of the flowers blooming at the end and like all like the growing the tree and everything i think is also really beautiful like the nature the 
yeah, the, the animation of the nature aspects of it, I think, is really, really well done. And, and obviously a lot of thought and care went into it. Yeah, and on, yeah. on the polar opposite side of that, you get some of the scariest visuals you've ever seen with this Hexus character. Yeah. This That's... petroleum jelly that when he turns into a smoke when you smoke monster and you can kind of make out, like, a face and body type, dude's ripped as fuck. Yep. He's got a strong chin. And uh, and also maybe a skeleton, but we're not yeah. quite sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He also can like make a chorus of himself, which yeah. is really, and then like eat them. Yeah, which oh. is horrifying. Scary. Yeah, it's um. I also like the tone lock shows up. Tone lock is it lock or? Yeah, I, I think it's tone tone lock. I, okay. I said tone lock before on the show because uh, welcome to the not another film podcast Hall of Fame. Tone lock, you were in blank check. Uh, <laughs> And I watched him last night in Ace Ventura because it's on Netflix now. Yeah, and I was like, go. I want to rewatch it. Um, I, I Some do of these like... lyrics in that song are garbage. Are like truly, like not like bad, like like horrifying. Yes. Yeah. He's, um, uh, I like that he th- shows up as the threat and we never see him ever again. The lizard? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Iguana, like, like now Zach is sort of like, okay, I'm a this and this is what we're doing now. He's accustomed very quickly, I guess. And then, like, the first thing they run into is something that wants to eat him, which, like, checks out. Um, yep. But, like, super, again, super sexy. Um, super sexy. Super sexy. Uh, it's, like, that 90s, like, shoulder isolation sort of vibes that you're getting in terms of, like, the town. And he's, like, really, like, dipping into it. Like, he's... A lot of tongue action. A lot of tongue action in the animation, and uh, eventually he's convinced not to eat him, and then we literally never see that character ever again. Which what is are so those weird. things at the? Because at the end, a chorus, a chorus of things sprout out from like the swamp. Are those leeches? Oh yeah, they kind they gotta of be like, leeches. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like little worm things that were yeah very unsettling. Not okay. Not okay, Ferngully. Yeah. I mean, they did show us the darker side of nature, and, like, that's the honest truth of it, but they they <laughs> did seem of, like, chicken, it's eater, get eaten out here, friends. Yeah, we yeah. take we take a small trip to the reptile room, and then we, we burst out, yep, and we come exactly. out to the other side, and yep. you're like, woof, gotta shake that one off. Yeah. Lauren, you want to read some of these lyrics from the uh, from Tim Curry's from, song? From... Is, the song is called Toxic Love, and I would just like right. to share some of the lyrics in this song that are, Great. frankly, horrifying. Great. Um... I see the world and all the creatures in it. I suck them dry and spit them out like spinach. Yeah. Because like you got to relate to the kids. Yeah. Just like, really, fuck it's like, ah, fuck you, spinach. Yeah, fuck you've got to give the kids something to be like, wait a minute, I don't like spinach. Am, am I a slime monster? Yeah. You are. This one, yes. uh, I feel good, a special kind of horny. Flowers and trees depress me and frankly bore me. Wait, horny? He says horny? <laughs> That's what it says online. Wow. That can't be Allegedly. Real. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> That is the lyric. Let me. Ju- I'll see if I can back this up. These lyrics but... were written by Paul Rubens. Uh... <laughs> I hold on. I think I have a second source for this. You know, I appreciate when text reflects subtext because that's exactly what I was getting from the song. So I appreciate when he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna say horny." I'm like, "Good," because you seem you want to. You, just, you seem horny. It, you seem but he horny. wants to fuck like he wants yep, to fuck it, machines. I have, I have he wants to fuck source. the world. Yeah, he does. Second source, horny. Yep. Wow. Um, wow. And this is, I think I'll spew them all with cyanide saliva. Pour me a puke cocktail and take me to the driver. Spew? <laughs> no. That's. Ah! 
If that's, Oil had to have a song, that's what the song that Oil would yeah. sing is. I mean, it's but true. it's also so, and again, it seduces you with how sexy he sings it to be like, maybe Oil's not so bad. Maybe I kind of want to fuck this Oil. Maybe I'm feeling a special kind of horny. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I do drive a car. So when I drive a car, is that me fucking the earth? Like It is. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes. Yeah. That's the complicated <laughs> shit that this presented you with of like, yeah. who am I in this story? <laughs> Am I? Who Hexus even am I? is the most complicated villain. Yep. <laughs> he is. He's very complicated. And Tim Curry plays him beautifully and sings that song so upsettingly beautifully. Yeah. Because yeah, when that's... he first starts talking, it kind of sounds like... He, he sounds like somebody gurgling milk. And yeah. like... It's... Yes. Yeah. Because he always kind of talks in that and like little bubbles come up through the speaker when he talks and it like mm-hmm. burns the... So it like it does kind of sound like he's always like belching a little bit or like it's not, it always feels like bile is like right there. Yeah, he sounds the way I imagine like Newt Gingrich smells. Like it's just <laughs> checks out. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, a special. It's a special kind of horny. It's a special like. No, this guy, this character is Mitch McConnell. <laughs> to be honest, like, this is this yes. is what Mitch McConnell's got caught in his little waddler. I think Hex- <laughs> Hexus's new form is Mitch McConnell. Yeah. That's yeah, the one he's, thing. he's playing much. He has his little, like, smoke monster hand up Mitch McConnell's yep. ass is what he is. <laughs> yep, is absolutely. Mitch McConnell's going to wake up after we pass the Green New Deal one day and be like, it was all a terrible dream where <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> being a totally hope. nice Kentuckian <laughs> having been yeah. controlled by Tim Curry for <laughs> <laughs> years and years. Oh, that, that would be something big, man. That's, <laughs> that's so, um... <laughs> Yeah, Zach goes back to um to they get back to Fern Gully after his Zach attack, and he he introduces them all to rock and roll. Yep, I love I do love like uh, a dude trying to explain a thing that he doesn't understand. Like I did yep. love that where they're like, yeah, so yeah, thank you. I will talk now. God, um, so I found this box and um I'm pretty sure it's for uh you know stuff. Yeah. And like, and then him getting just shown up and like, uh, technology bitches, which I, again, I hate that narrative of like bringing technology to people that don't actually need it and like explaining like, no, it's okay. Don't be scared. It's a good thing. Like, eh, it's uh, a Walkman. Right. This is what they could have used in Avatar and it this should was, have been, yeah. it should have been Gangnam Style. Yeah. If it, if it would have been like, Neytiri, it's okay. It's a Zune. You can listen to anything. Barack Obama listens to anything on here. Like, <laughs> Here, yes, it's that. the original cast recording of Sunday in the Park with George. <laughs> yeah, I really wish it had been like his guilty pleasure listening. That would have been yeah. so delightful. It was just like, oh, it's Dear Evan Hansen. Here you go. You'll love it. It you teaches you found. about the dangers of lying, something everyone should learn. This is. You'll cry. They all do. (laughs) (laughs) Including Ben Platt for the entire runtime of the show. (laughs) And he can still sing. It's so impressive. How could he do it? How could he do it? Watch this tight wire act and spend a hundred million (laughs) dollars to cry with your 12-year-old niece. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dear Evan Hansen jokes. (laughs) My favorite, side note, Dear Evan Hansen, do you know that two sets of people who have played Dear Evan Hansen are now dating each other? That's an incredible Broadway trivia. That's beautiful. Yeah, I found out two dudes who had played Evan Hansen were dating, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're the second couple of Dear Evan Hansens. 
That's amazing. I don't know what it is about that role. That, like, it's not like they were in the show together. It's just like, no, I was your replacement, and now we're dating. Like, is that in the contract? I don't understand. It's one of those relationships that's brought to you by Tumblr. It's like, it's nothing but sure. like, <laughs> or it's like I, PTSD from doing that role, and like only a just <laughs> like survivor, only, only the survivors ever... will understand. You never broke your arm and lied about suicide. You never did that. But you Eight know what? Nights ben a does. week. <laughs> Ben understands me. Exactly. He's cried every night. Exactly. He doesn't know how to not cry when he sings. <laughs> or has sex, probably. He tried to which sing Hello, Dolly, and he broke down. Yep. Yeah. It's like, well, I have sex during, well, I do everything. Or I have sex while I do everything. That's I have sex while I, you know, yeah, well, I, I have cry sex while, while I do everything. everything including <laughs> sex, so we should probably date. <laughs> you well. cry during everything? I have sex while I do everything. <laughs> perfect couple. It's perfect. Oh my goodness! Um, uh, shout so, out Ben Platt, we love you. So yeah, he's it, talented. I it's very talented. Very talented. Very talented. Um, politician wasn't for me. So <laughs> then uh, they. <laughs> they <laughs> um, at this point, he introduces them to rock and roll with a song that's mostly na na na's, and uh, every. Everything but Christian Slater is, like, all about this thing. And Kokuam is like, fuck this. I'm going to take this guy on a mission with Cheech and Chung, and we're going to get this guy killed. And yeah. it very quickly turns into nothing because Krista's like, oh, wait, guys, we only have enough money for a 70-minute movie. Like, we, we can't. Like, come and Yeah, th- <laughs> there's no harrowing. Like, Iguana was, like, was going to show back up. There was going to be, like, a whole little B-plot. And then they were like, there's no time. It's like, we can either have a character-driven obstacle or a thematic obstacle. And they went with the thematic obstacle, which was a singing iguana in this instance. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get that beautiful sequence that we all talked about really like where uh yeah where they're they're experiencing how beautiful the natural world is now can i ask when they touch hands and his hands glow blue does he have something now like what because that confused me she like (laughs) he did look down and i thought that he was seeing that he had a boner (laughs) oh i would love that um but yeah he's like because his hands are also glowing in this magical moment because her love has given him something mm-hmm. but I don't know what that is and we never really find out what He did he can... fly. It did allow him to fly. Is that it? Okay, I that's think, right. I kind of want to say that's whole, it. Cuz there's okay. a whole moment where like their hands are touching yeah. and he's like, "Oh." And then he looks down <laughs> he's and he's like, above the oh. water. That's yeah. right. And he looks down and you think like, "Oh, he's looking down cuz he just got a boner." Uh, but no, he's just looking down because his, his he's a foot above the ground. That's what um, it was. That's what so I think it was. she was just like helping him fly. Well, fairy for measurements. A he's probably like an inch above the ground. But yeah. also he like <laughs> a relative foot, I guess. Right. Yeah. A fairy foot above the ground. I wish his um, boner was still the same size though. I'm <laughs> two thousand fairy feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, it was also but it was very like it is echoed in Avatar when the tails touch. And, yeah. like, you have the glow. It's not so tails, it's like, Lauren. That would be stupid. It's braids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's not their tails. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Eric Eilerson, I'm so sorry. How dare you I'm think so of sorry. a better thing up. and then say it. This revisionist <laughs> history, we all know that it that was the worst so choice, which silly. was the braids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just touched butts in that movie. Come on. <laughs> Everyone should just touch butts in all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, is, when are we gonna get a movie where the romantic scene instead of a sex scene is just two people rubbing butts together come on that's the dream honestly you know yeah. what it's all I want 
Stay tuned for our Homeward Bound episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I I don't, I don't think it's, I kind of think it's one of those things where he can only fly if he, it's a Superman rule where he can only fly if she's touching him. Yeah. He can't, because he can't do it on his own, because otherwise right, he yes. would have at the end. Right. Yeah. Instead, he's getting tossed and turned like a pinball in that Which whole do, last sequence. I do love that. Yeah. Um, like, I love that he is not instrumental, really, in, like, mm. getting it all shut down. He helps, yeah. which is great. And he helps in his limited capacity, because he can't fly or do any of the cool shit, like, make seeds grow mm. and stuff. He yeah. just, like, helps in, a, like, he just literally is a fly on a windshield and scares two dudes. And then, they, like, yeah. the fairies do all of the work, which I appreciated and I thought was yeah, better than, he basically like, just leading his... the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, he's witness. He's witness to everything. It really, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we, we keep bringing up Avatar, but it is to say, like, this movie is just Avatar from the perspective of the native culture uh, of, of the natural world, which is a more interesting vantage point, I think, for, yeah. and, for my money. Mm-hmm. Christians so, are surrogate, really. Yeah. In a weird way, as opposed to Zach being our surrogate, because Zach doesn't show up for like 20 minutes or something. Also, yeah. honestly, it's one of those things where Zach is animated in a way to where he always kind of looks like a douchebag, and I just kind of don't like him. Like, he's just got a face that I just, you just don't, don't like trust. You just don't like blonde dudes. What? Yeah, he you just don't trust blonde dudes. He just doesn't understand the gravity of the situation. Well, yeah, he's I think flying. like constantly until the very end. He's like, "Look, I carved our name in this tree." And I'm like, "You're a fairy, and the earth is dying. What's hap? Like, yeah." She's like, "We don't have time for this. Also, you're hurting. What are you doing?" I don't have yeah. time to sing Colors of the Wind to you. I do. Like, yeah, no. we don't have enough money no. for that. It's a 70-minute movie. Disney <laughs> right. will do it better in three years, okay? I yeah. do love the... I I really, really do like the world building of, like, when he does kind of get, like, a taste of, of what it's like to be a fairy, I guess, for that sequence. He does feel what she's talking about when she's like, yes. don't you feel the, the tree hurting when you carve the name into it? Mm-hmm. That he does kind of get that. I I just think kind of think that that's a pretty cool yeah. idea. And it's not just foreshadowing that like, oh, he's becoming a fairy. It's like, no, he's just learned empathy. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like any of us can do that. And so like, it's not a thing where like he's special or he is given powers. It's more just like, oh, it's a, like empathy is a learned skill. Yeah, because than, like, dudes that, like, won't save the have. rainforest unless they want to fuck it. And that's yeah. the deal. <laughs> <laughs> or unless they find somebody who does want to protect the rainforest that they want to fuck. There it exactly. is. Yes, yeah. that's it. There that's it is. It. Yeah. If they look like Courtney Cox in the Can't Start a Fire video. <laughs> right. And they care about some stupid shit like the yeah. forest. Then yeah. that's like, oh what you God, pretend whatever. to care about for a summer, you know. Yep. It's like, oh, I got really into brewing my own kombucha when I was yeah. dating Laureline. Well, like, what is yes. it? Yeah. yeah, you know. But this I do was... I do love that, like, yeah, there are no special powers. There's just, he's just a dude who, like, mm-hmm. has his eyes opened. Yeah. yeah. And he stops, he stops the obstacle that he need that he started, essentially, that he brought yes. there. And then the real obstacle of the, of the, the smoke fuck demon is stopped by Krista. And, yes. and and Madge, who at one point, which is kind of amazing, when she's like, "Here, I'll I'll like my parting gift is like this this final tree that we kind of started at the beginning." Right. Krista can't get it to work. Right. She tries to get the magic to work, but she can't. Madge literally takes the magic and throws it behind her back and does it, which is kind of an incredible flex from her, because <laughs> she's just like, "Don't worry, Krista. One day you'll get it." 
nothing but net. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wouldn't you know it? I just made 19 trees. Like. Yeah, she does. She does that move of like, okay, well, you guys are, you know, this is going to be tough. Then I got to go. Um, yeah. Like she does dip when the going gets it, but she leaves some parting gift, which is everyone can make things grow now. I guess she gave her the seed. She made them all level up. They all became blue belts for the last five minutes of this movie, but then they go back to being green belts at the end. I I could not tell you what happened during that like three minute stretch of the movie. Yes, I was wondering. I was like, yeah. Because also he go he like makes it inside the tree, and then she gives him some sort of gift that is like absorbed in within him. But then he doesn't do anything with it, and so I don't understand what that was. I feel like that's only like like you get a taste, you know. They're like, yeah, here's maybe. a taste of what it's like to be a fairy, but you're not going to actually be. But then that never pays off. He never does anything with it. Well, yeah, yeah he's a dumb human. It just, it didn't seem necessary to me. It also, wasn't about was them, him. like, wrap, were they wrapping their magic around a new tree, inside a new tree? Because there was, like, a tree that came up around and, like, closed yeah. down on them? Which, like, cool visual, but what's happening? I think right. that that was the, wasn't that the tree they started making at the beginning? that Madge started making at the beginning because she makes, like, a little bit of a tree form and then at the end, they're like, cool, like, this thing has made its way to Fern Gully and now we need to trap the smoke demon in this new tree. Isn't that the same tree they make from the beginning? But, no, there was, like, isn't there some tree that was, like, glowing right blue in the middle before they go into the battle with the... It's like the tree from Avatar where it's, like, their holy tree. Got it. Great, great. Because they kind of, like, make a tree around it to protect it. Yeah. We don't yeah. Really explain that. Great. Let's go it's, with that. It's kind of just like, all right, team, huddle up. Yeah. Like, sure. We're huddling up and we're like closing the tree for a second. And then we're gonna go out and like fight, fight the other team. Yeah. Got so it. Zach stop helps helps you know really stop Hexus by Get turning Daddy off. To help him yeah. Help. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Slater helps a lot. Yeah. Um. He, yeah. he gives him a boost and then throws him into a hot cup of coffee. <laughs> and, <laughs> um. And the. He stops Hexus by turning off the car, and I guess Hexus gets brought down by the fact that he doesn't have opposable thumbs and can't sure. restart the car. Sure. And so yeah. now he's like, oh, fuck. Now I'm just a smoke fuck demon. Yeah, he was like he was like a crystal meth addict, just like fucking <laughs> huffing. Yeah, he was this, like, I like, need another hit. I need another hit. Yeah, and then they everyone ran out, you know, or or, or like, you know, he was <laughs> we all ran, sorry, we're like, all out. Huffed paint or something. Sorry, like Walter White's not out. in right now. And he's like, fuck, fuck, I need my law. And then he has to dig down deep and just like just inject himself with oil. He's like, go yeah. straight for the oil and not for the smoke anymore. Which seemed to be the better move because when he does that, he turns into like a robed skeleton. That seems to be more powerful. He looks, you know, like, this seems to be, you know, Apex Predator form. He has, like, a furnace at the center of him. Agreed, but I think he was operating on, like, soft power moves before, and that was getting him what he wanted, and then he's like, fine, if I have to become my skeleton self and, like, actually (laughs) do the work myself. fine, if I actually have to put in a fucking effort, I guess I'll do it. He's like, ah, you fucking fairies aren't worth this, but okay, okay. Uh." (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what it was. That is on par with, like... Chernabog in um like the fucking fan of first Fantasia like that scary Mm -hmm. what is happening like that is one of the more horrifying and also that he's getting filled with trees also very scary like I wouldn't fuck with the rainforest if I got filled with trees no Mm -hmm. there's like I saw a meme go around actually this isn't like this isn't very funny but somebody tried to make it funny uh and but the reason that this kind of brought, got brought back to my consciousness was when the wildfires were happening in Australia earlier this year 
there were like a couple memes that started coming out with this character at the center of it, which was like then like a whole image that I had to shake from my head while I was watching it this time. Yeah. Because the movie does take on like a really, really dark. It's already like the ending is like a, it's a feel good ending for kids because they do stop the rainforest from getting entirely deforested yeah even Fern though their gully is saved yeah like the nice fairy neighborhood is yeah. saved this but nice like, the white fairy neighborhood area. is saved yeah exactly kind of but where the squirrels live is fucked, it's <laughs> like... fucked. yeah like the koalas are burned it's a bad situation guan we don't hear from the guana again we got to imagine the guana didn't make it he probably tried to eat something and then probably... <laughs> he tried to eat the car tried to <laughs> fuck the face of that <laughs> of that entire leveler and then just got Oh, I want. I wish we could have gotten a team up scene between the smoke monster and the guana. Oh, what a good combination! The yeah. gu- the the guana is like natural, fat like natural life cycle. At least he's like operating within the natural life cycle. And true, it's non renewable resources versus renewable resources. There, no, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna go well. No. Um, but yeah. So she. So Krista saves the day by planting her seed, and uh, and the whole tree traps. Uh, the evil smoke fuck demon mm-hmm. in the tree, but we don't know where Krista is. Thankfully, we we as an audience learned this by a character saying, oh, where's Krista? Krista's gone. Yeah. Which I didn't realize I was supposed to be tracking, and thank God they said that, because now I, I know I'm supposed to track it. Right. And then a flower opens up immediately, and she's there. She's fine. <laughs> she's fine. She was never not going to be fine. Again, guys, we only have the budget for a 70-minute movie. We need to keep this going. Right. Could there be a problem here? No, there's not going to no. be one. Here she is. Oh, okay, cool. We're done. We're done. Rainforest Great, we're is done. enough. The rainforest yep. is enough. That's we're good. done. We're wrapping up. We don't need an extended yeah. denouement. I do um, love when she's saying bye to Zach. She's like, he'll always, a piece of you will always be here. <laughs> My partner and I were watching this together and he's like, is she pregnant? like one man is like don't worry a piece of you will always be here i'm raising your half fairy that's not that is not how they reproduce no i guess not i man i wish that's not it okay that should be something that that we all say to people like every time we (laughs) see every time we're saying goodbye to someone don't Don't worry worry. a piece of you will always be here and then hold your stomach yeah (laughs) give them a knowing smile and then just a look that says it's okay you don't have to do anything. Man, right. that's what I'm going to say to everyone. You're off the hook. I wanted this. That's what I'm going to say to everyone who Zooms me. And like when they say, they're like, oh, man, I wish I could see you. It's like, don't worry. A little piece of you is here. <laughs> oh, God. Right <laughs> Horrifying. Oh. It's never a better time for a pregnancy scare than this. <laughs> just like <laughs> To someone you haven't seen in like three months. Yeah. Zoom a past partner. <laughs> Zoom a previous partner and be like, hey, I know we haven't spoken in a few years, but I think it's time that I tell you yeah. something. <laughs> and then just yell into the next room with the name of, like, an imaginary kid and just be like, Zachary, come on in. Oh, my God, I be told you dad. Zachary was the name of that baseball coach that meant so much to me. Oh, fuck. Uh, no. <laughs> you remembered. <laughs> That's awful and horrifying. <laughs> uh, quarantine is nothing of that. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, Zach turns back into a normal-sized human. Zach is back. Um, and he he helps Batty. So Batty, I guess, is cool with humans now. He's like, ah, you know what? Hashtag not all humans. And um, yeah. I gotta say, there's one set of shots where he's picking up Batty, where, like, Batty is, like, fake dead on the ground. And the way it's animated, like, that little limp body was really upsetting to me. Yeah, because yeah. you, you care about Batty. Like, the specificity, like, sometimes they're like, oh, it's like a dead body, but, like, eh, not really. And this one, it's like, no, that, 
animal looks like genuinely dead. It like, looks he like, looks like he was made of paper. Yeah, yeah it's like, it was so really, fragile. Really it was fragile animated. and upsetting. No, um, it wasn't. That was a real. It's <laughs> real bad. That animation studio tested on live animals, and that's oh, why no. they went bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, the was, movie did end up being mass produced on plastic VHS. See, there we go. And then with there, paper sleeves. The and, yeah. um, but it did turn out that those the the antenna does save him in the end. It's true. Because it basically it was a like, spark of life. Him. Give him a little bit of a spark. So. And then Zach walks out of the forest, wrapping his arms around these two grown men who <laughs> clearly I think he was here for the summer, like away from college. And they like this is their life. And mm-hmm. he just like wrap he's like they're like, What happened here? And he just like wraps his arm around them and they're like, Guys, things have gotta change. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna change the world. The I know we all work for several people who also work for several other people, but and I we all think work we minimum wage. It. But uh, we and there's make no all union. Of these billionaires listen to us. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna want back that multi-million-dollar leveling machine. We're just gonna leave it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like it would have been interesting if it's like if the animation had caused like that tree to grow in like the center of the car or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's like nature conquering man-made like machine or something like that. Didn't it though? Am I, I don't know. I I seem to remember the like the car just kind of being there. Yeah. Okay, the that's possible. Like, I thought he was rising up out of the top of the leveler, and then the the tree. Oh, grows maybe you're right. Him. I think yeah. you're right. Let's just so. say you're right. It's better. Great. Let's Thank give this you. movie the benefit I'm of the doubt. I'm guest. <laughs> also, when she says goodbye to Zach, she gives him a seed, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So is that kind of like... I she says know, a little part of me will always be with you. Yeah, but it was like it, a fairy-sized seed. It was a fairy-sized seed. And then, I don't know, I just thought of like... I don't know if y'all have seen like the latter scenes of Community. They just did a table read of a Community episode where yeah. a character after, brilliant. The, after their death um, gives each of them... <laughs> A tube of his sperm. Yep. And in my mind, that's what she's doing in that moment. Just Perfect. like, here, take my seed. Here's your seed. Yeah. Here, and, here's your seed. Like, I, Zach, I don't know if it's because all the other seed. people got a seed, but I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's that I have a canister of an old white man's sperm or that everyone got one, <laughs> but I'm a little disappointed <laughs> I, I do think there's treasure. something hilarious to like his his reaction there to like because they do ki- he does they don't kiss he kisses her at one point and she's like whoa i don't know what that is yeah uh we live by swingers and stingers rules here with the fairies <laughs> uh don't try to tie me down zach i know you're a bodacious babe but don't. also i have a husband like kind of <laughs> Like, yes, or, yeah. or brother, whatever Pip is. Question. Mark. I, I have a Pip. A uh, Pip, my brother or friend. Or <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Or to be decided later, depending on what tests well with kids. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But they're like, so he goes over. She's like, here, I gave you a gift, and he's like, oh my god, sweet. She's gonna turn into a human and come back with me. She's gonna turn into a human and come back with me. It's a seed. Oh. Good to know this meant something to you. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm going back to City College. Bye. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh. Um, and then he he goes back. He and uh, he and Pip are cool now. Uh, yeah. He's going to go and be the worst person, the worst guy to make out with in a dorm because he's just going to talk about his ex-girlfriend that he met in this, like, one crazy summer the whole time. <laughs> they, they flash forward ten years. He's picked up acoustic guitar. He, like, he's going to talk about his gap year so much. Yeah, his gap one week is a fairy. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like, you guys have no clue what happened to me when I was studying abroad. Like, yeah, no, dude, we've all taken mushrooms. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> As he says this and, like, flicks a cigarette butt on the sidewalk. Like, yeah, it's wild, man. I learned a lot about myself. Mainly and, myself. Like, you know, taking care of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and that's Ferngully. Oh, I mean, like, they save the, they have the nice, the really nice sentiment at the end. It flashes at the end for our children and our children's children, which, again, it's touching and also sad. I don't fault a movie yeah. for its heart being in the right place, but 28 years later, a woof. Like, you know, we, we can uh, hope. Do not do that. Yeah, we can. We can, uh, we can hope that you know. I'm I'm glad that their heart was in like the right place. But then when you, I had never thought about it. But when you mentioned that many like plastic DVDs going into the world of Frank Gully, <laughs> this movie like, sold eight million units in its first four years of being released. This was a Im- huge hit on video. It's impossible to do anything right as nope. an artist. <laughs> it's impossible to not think this movie, but heart in the right place or not inadvertently to make a difference had to be part of the problem for so long to attempt to make a difference yeah they put so much plastic in the world to talk about this message yeah wow if that's not being a part of the system i don't know what is (laughs) well we watched it on stars (laughs) there we go yeah i watched. at least i paid my electric money (laughs) to pay (laughs) to watch this movie on my electric screen made of plastic but yeah Yeah, made by someone who wants to kill themselves in china yep and uh but that that is fern gully uh the last rainforest um anything else that we want to hit before we before we start wrapping up is there i feel like we we went through a lot i think we like kind of Nailed I think it we solved it. I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. Do you guys uh, want to play the budget game? Oh fuck! Uh, oh Jesus! How much money? Because there's not a ton of extra facts. We we kind of went through most of the facts um, and production history. I have of this. like no, like I I have no like signposts for like how much animated movies cost to make. Especially one where like they added digital stuff, you know, like yeah. on, which were on the newer side, CGI ish. Yeah. Like uh, fifty million. Fifty million. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to say, like, I don't know what money means. I'm going to say $35 million. Okay. Sarah, you are closer. $24 million budget. $24 million. But uh, that was 1990s money, so it's probably, like, that's $50 That's $100,000 million now. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Um, You want to guess how much this movie made? Worldwide gross of Fern Gully? Uh, uh, in, like, just box office? Just box office, okay. not with home video. Okay, because, uh, yeah, I feel like it was a very home video video for me. Um, I'm going to say 60 million. 60 million. I'm going to say, if it made 24, I'm going to say 40 million. Again, price for wins. Damn 32 it. million. Damn 32 it. million. Yep. Because that pretty, company pretty went good. under. So I, yep. just, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was Couldn't gangbusters. Fern Gully 2 didn't even uh, have a big enough budget to get to go to theaters. I mean, it Ooh. went straight to video. And nobody talks about it. I've never seen it. No, I've never um, seen it either. I've no, I've no, like, it's, yeah, because again, it's so, it's, I'm so torn because the heart's in the right place and then it's not like they can do a downer ending for a kid's movie like this, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate how on the nose this movie is with its message. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And like, like they're you know, really I not... get why they had to personify the forest to try to get kids to like care about it, you know? Yeah. And I did, I do think they did a very good job of celebrating how beautiful the forest is other than that. Where they're and like, how sexy yeah, it is. We had to, and how sexy it is. And how dangerous it is. 
Mm. Um, but how, you know, like we did have to personify it to care about it, but we also celebrated it in a cool way. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, we didn't really nail it. Yeah, it does. I mean, like it, it did start a trend in movies, especially in kids movies for having a more open dialogue about environmentalism, which I think is like kind of, uh, just like really in, invaluable to like the, yeah. the like the road that this movie <laughs> excuse the forgive the pun but paved to uh to create <laughs> the uh the the leveling that this movie had to do in order to Pain. make the way for like Pocahontas and Wally and like movies like that it's like yes, sure I don't think we get those more sophisticated nuanced versions of stories like this without this movie being such a hit as it was on on you know video and DVD uh so for that i think like ultimately like yeah it it has done a ton of good i don't know if it's done more good than bad but what has you know yeah i think it's got a decent amount of good for the conversation if not the action yeah we paved fern gully to put up avatar two through five (laughs) Ooh, wop 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 all right so on that note in 2020 (laughs) would you recommend fern gully the last rainforest lauren um, I think if you watch this as a kid, for sure. Um, I think, like, if, if you're coming to this new and you don't have a kid, I don't know how much enjoyment you'll get out of it. Because I don't think the songs hold up very well. Like, they're not super memorable songs. I think it's really beautiful to look at. Um, but and I, and I, I do love the message, but I think there are other other pieces of art that, that have done the message better since. Gotcha. I'd still rather watch this than Avatar, though. Yeah. Price? Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing this. Like, if you saw it as a kid, yes, watch it again. Because it's, like, it brought up a bunch of warm, fuzzy feelings just in the way that it was animated. It was so mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and different than Disney. Like, it was its own sort of, like, straight to DVD animation. But it was still really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And, and if you have a kid, like, yeah, maybe they like it. But, you know, if, if, you're, if you're coming to it blind, eh, I don't know that you need to. But yeah. don't watch Avatar. I don't know how much you'll get out of it if you haven't, if you don't have that pre-existing connection in your head, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I got to agree with you. I do kind of think for people who are not familiar with it, like the, to just kind of see the audacity of the, the baddie song and the, the toxic love, like oil oh, yeah. fuck Clip demon show song. show it through maybe. Like yeah. hit those YouTubes. Like those things, I think like those two scenes and then the sequence we talked about where they're they're going into the blue grotto to to symbolically fuck, like I think uh. are are all kind of worth it like on the merit of like good animation and then also like holy shit, we got away with this in a G rated movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's like fair. so I kinda think that that's that's yeah. worth something. Um but yeah, I, I, I give it a soft recommend. Why not? Yeah. It's seventy minutes, you know. Yeah. What do you got to do right now? Like, That's fair. That's fair. Right now, sure, watch it. You have time. Exactly. I don't know that if I was, like, living alone and I saw this on <laughs> Stars, and I don't know how I would feel if I just turned Fern Gully on and had never seen it before. I'd probably feel pretty weird about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like we always do at this time, uh, we'd like to present a modern analog for mm-hmm. Fern Gully, colon, The Last Rainforest. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah, what you got? I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, in terms of, like, the act, like, the message of it, I would say, like, Moana's not far off. In terms of, like, being who you are, there's a little magic, take care of the planet. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, bringing in someone who, like, doesn't understand or, you know, that you have to explain things to, uh, dudes. Um, but, uh, it is just Avatar or, um, Dances with Wolves or, you know, it is, like, that same, like, white savior story, but at least it's at least, like, sort of focused on the, the tribe more. Yeah. Um, the fairy, like you, yeah. We have our in through the fairies as opposed to the in through the Mel Gibsons of the world. Um, uh, <laughs> no, that was a Kevin Costner, I think. Actually, it's Kevin uh, Costner. It but... was Kevin Costner. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then I also, this is it's not that much, but I would say probably if if you're in the mood for this sort of fun, I would say like Avatar: Last Airbender because we're watching a lot of it right now, and it does like sort of honor the spirit of the environment yeah. and take you to beautiful places through animation. Um, but also has the same sort of like silly hijinks. Mm-hmm. I totally buy that. I was going to say Moana as well. Yeah. I, I think Moana, yeah, it kind of hits the nail on the head with a lot of it. Uh, I'll give a shout out to another movie that Lauren actually just showed me last week, uh, but 2012's uh, Life of Pi. I can't adaptation. believe Life of Pi just got recommended on this podcast and not by me. Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> it's, Honestly, fucking bullshit. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's excellent and really, like, very beautiful and, and has a lot of cutting-edge technology the same way this movie did. And, very smart. Uh, preaches a, a very... Uh, a, a really cool message about like man's relationship to the natural world that that was very very moving and effective uh, nice nice great um i want to recommend a series on netflix from last year called uh, dark crystal age of resistance Hell which yeah. i think is a similarly like uh not animation but it is using puppetry um in a very very in- innovative very beautiful way but also telling a surprisingly dark story that is not necessarily completely about environmentalism but is about a lot of these like it's dark, a lot like, about environmentalism. Like environmentalism and like fascism and yeah, the whole, like a bunch of other stuff yeah there, there's a character on there named deet and her entire storyline i think gugu and does the does yeah, her voice but it's like her, like, her entire storyline is, like, she's, like, a seedling and, like, about her kind of being literally, like, blown to and fro different, yeah. like, situations and she has no control over where she lands kind of a thing. Interesting. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So, yeah also cool. very, very dark, but... And really gross. And really gross. Genuinely so gross. Um, nice. But really cool to look at and just, like, something... If you're looking for something visually that you've kind of rarely seen before, it's, it's being done incredibly well. Yeah. Nice. Um... Now comes the awkward moment on the show where we ask Sarah to talk about another project that we have Sarah on. Oh, all right. Um, so Sarah. Wow, Ian, you're so confident with that segue. <laughs> I am. Uh, so Sarah, you are one of our lead actors on this uh, this project that Lauren and I are working on called The Vanishing Act. And we are, by the time this episode's released, we will be really. Either in the week before or the week after the first episode has come out. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll definitely be providing links to that, but we just kind of wanted to talk to you just like very briefly about your involvement in the show. Lovely. Um, yeah, it's been a, a blast. Um, uh, the writing on it is fantastic, and I know, you know, it's uh, I'm saying that to the people that wrote it, but I really <laughs> We're going to Venmo you for all of this. Don't <laughs> worry. It's great. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the character that you play? Yes, I'd love that. Uh, so uh, my, my character's name is Augie Eckhart. Um, he is a uh, scenic designer in the Berlin theater scene in the 19... Or late 30s? 30s? 1930s. Yeah, great. Um... <laughs> 
Uh, he is similar to our uh, protagonist from today, um, Zach, in that he is also insufferable. Uh, when <laughs> Um, instead of talking about like that crazy ex-girlfriend in the rainforest, uh, Augie talks about, um, an obscure, uh, theatrical magical accident, um, that no one's ever heard of and loves to hear himself talk about it. Um, and, uh, really just is trying to get laid is also just really trying (laughs) to get laid and he's uh, he's struggling to be a better person and usually failing i had no Um, idea how inspired i was by fern gully when i wrote this character (laughs) who knew knew? um no he's he has uh he's so he's very fun um he's the worst in all the best ways but he's right about everything yeah. And uh, that's always like a super fun thing to. You play. always have to think your character is right. You I have mean, to justify but he it. is. Like, he is a lot of the time. I'm gonna have you on this podcast. Cynical. Yeah, he's he's just. I'm gonna make ball. you justify every single choice that Augie makes on the entire show. I feel great about it. I also <laughs> want to have friends, um, despite myself. I uh, I also want to get laid uh, without having to put in any of the work. Uh, yeah, I, I also want to discover all of the secrets of this French magician who disappeared an entire theater full of people. I also exactly. self sabotage on the reg. Yeah. Like. yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I put my foot in my mouth constantly, and then just say it was their fault for having a mouth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yep. it's Sarah it's been has a blast. been getting amazing accolades from people such as my dad and <laughs> my dad, who is now Sarah's number one fan. Yeah, <laughs> um, honored. It's, it's, oh, that's Sarah Price. She's so funny. <laughs> Wait till he sees my OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> it was just a callback. I'm not. Every it's fine. All the time. Uh, thanks for talking about it. Do you want to? talk a little bit about um bde about about your other show yeah yeah my uh so one of my very good friends tyler meredith um is uh she's one of my best friends on the planet and she loves disney more than any person i've ever met in my entire life and she has her own podcast um about all of the disney flicks um that she rewatches with people uh and you know similar through a modern lens but mostly just like indulging in all of the magic and tragic and so I've been recording one of those a week with her. We're right now in the middle of Toy Story. Oh my um, god! The Toy Stories. So whoa, you're doing yeah. all of them? We're doing all. Wait, four. have you done? Have you done one yet, or are you like gearing up to that? We have done one and two. Okay. And so we're heading because I've never seen four. So it was a. It's a journey to me finally seeing four, but um, yeah, I'm I excited really... for three because it's it it. Uh, I remember it ripping the heart out of my god. You're ready damn. to some of the hardest I've ever cried. Uh, I hope you're ready for Toy Story 4 as well. I I actually really, really love Toy Story 4. Yeah, I, I did, love I did as well. Hale. I don't know why I've been sleeping on it. I, I'm, it's a movie yeah. with a surprisingly complex, like, take on certain things. I'm trying not to, I don't want to say anything because right. I don't want to. But I think that, like, the message that it has at its core is a very, very adult message mm-hmm. that is told in a very simple and very elegant way. Yeah. Lovely. And, and that, I, like, that I really like, admire. That's what's so great about all of them. Like they yeah. do, like the first one of like what it what does it mean to have a purpose and what if the purpose yeah. that you think you have isn't what you thought it was supposed mm-hmm. to be and and you know sort of the elegance of just being or like the 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 honor of being loved by a child and maybe that's good mm-hmm. enough and then the second one dealing with like but what if that love runs out 
Yeah. And like, does that mean you regret the time that you spent with that, you know, with mm-hmm. that person? Or does that yeah. mean that you have no purpose anymore? Or, you know, do you have mm-hmm. to see it to the end? Or can you abandon them before they abandon you? Like, there's a lot. Of, it's it's, what, it's such a beautiful thing about, like, Disney and especially Pixar that it's like, I, I love kids' movies that don't, like, talk down to kids. No. But, like, kids are capable of understanding those things. Yeah. And I think it's so important to introduce those big ideas to kids as soon as possible. Like, yeah. don't, like, shield them from that because they are capable of understanding and it'll help them face those situations as they go on. It's part of, like, the foundation of them as people. Yes. And what the movies yeah. they see. And that's so, what like, I did love about... let them become complex people. Exactly. And that's what I loved about Ferngully, too, is, and uh, to bring it back to that for a second, I love how scary it was. Yeah. yeah. Because kids, like, being afraid is a big part of growing up, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you deal with fear as a kid a lot, and I think a lot of parents want to, like, kind of whitewash that part of their kid's life mm-hmm. and be like, no, it's, everything's fine. But, like, I love that, you know, movies reflect, like, the fear that you feel about under your bed to, like, the world yeah. is, that's great, because we should, I, I love embracing that kind of, like, putting yeah. fear in it. Because we have to learn how to process our fear. We have to learn as kids. It's a skill to learn to, like, process your fear, to take in the things that scare you, understand that you're scared, process that, and then come up with coping strategies to get yourself through that. Mm -hmm. Because you're not always going to be in situations where you're coddled. Sometimes you're going to be confronted with things that are scary and things that you need to fight against and things that you just need to get through. Yes. And, like, you need to have those skills to, to live in the world. And so, like, why shield your kids from that learning experience? Yes. Yeah. That's why when I have kids, the first movie they're watching is Halloween. And it's, <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. All right. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on this Thanks episode. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Anything it else you want to plug? No. Because there's right. nothing else to plug. So that's it. Yep, that's exactly that's it. right. It's all podcasts. Like every actor is Truly. like, all I have is podcasts. Yep, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I have something I'm listening anyone to. Is doing, I have some I'm on. That's it. Yep. It's all any of us are doing for maybe the next year of our lives. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yes. uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those fun things. Please make sure to check us out. Lou, our cat, is looking like a big old idiot right now in the window. Um, <laughs> his tongue is all the way out. Um, and his eyes are closed. Check us out on Instagram and not another film podcast uh, and fitter at fitter Twitter at, at film another. Uh, take two. Uh, Twitter at, at film another and uh, Facebook at not another film podcast.com. Thank you. And check out Vanishing Act. Check out the and, Vanishing um, Act. We're at Vanishing Pod on all social media and then on Facebook as the Vanishing Act podcast. Yep, and thank you very much for joining us again, Sarah. There's a part of you that's always here. (laughs) 